Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. This is Craig Schaub. I am with you today uh, for a Ohioan Weekend Review. Uh, this week, we have a couple of HBO shows. Uh, they probably couldn't be any different than uh, you could imagine. And then also, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a uh, step back and review uh, one of a, a, a free movie that you can watch uh, on for, during one of our new segments called Free Streams. But first, I'm going to get into the very entertaining and very engrossing drama called Bear Town. Now, this was a, uh, a Nordic uh, HBO Europe show from the uh, it tells the story of a, of, a, of a retired hockey player from the National Hockey League coming back to sort of his hometown to try to restore uh, what he believes is going to be the men's program. Uh, that uh, the professional team that has really struggled to uh, connect and and be relevant. But uh, as he gets there, he notices the uh, junior team, which teams are usually broken up into uh, the men's league, and then you have junior teams. These are players that would normally either go on to play professional hockey, get drafted in the NHL, or, of course, play maybe for their men's leagues teams uh, professionally in the Swedish elite leagues. Um, but, but basically what this show – depicts is uh, this man, this coach, Ulf Stenberg, uh, plays Peter Anderson, a retired NHL player looking to come back and restore some uh, hope in his town. Uh, but as he gets there, he notices the the younger kids seem to have the development that he would like to try to get into and coach them to uh, maybe inspire them to become the next great NHL players. So he decides that instead of taking the professional men's job, he's going to take the junior league job and start a, a little bit of a collision course with him and some of the town's folks, also some of the leadership there that's in charge of the hockey program in, uh, in Beartown. So Anderson moves his family back, back to his hometown. Things are going pretty well. The team is consistently improving, but unfortunately a tragedy, a tragic, tragic incident happens. Uh, it does involve sexual assault. So for those uh, of you who may you know, have some trigger issues. Uh, maybe this isn't the show for you, but uh, doesn't really depict uh, nudity or anything like that, but uh, it does depict sexual assault on this show. But one of the things that this five-episode miniseries does is it gives us sort of a, a encapsulation of this life in this small town. Be You know, obviously being the, the former NHL player coming back to his hometown to try to restore the hockey program there, you know, Peter Anderson has a lot on the line. He has uh, some young, really good young players, um, one one of which is uh, expected to be a high NHL pick or at least potentially to be in, in, in the NHL. And for me, uh, this, this show really rings very true on the ice with the hockey drama that's going on. But then when you mix in sort of the um, incident with the sexual assault, which does involve Peter Anderson's daughter, um, who was assaulted by one of the players? It really shifts tonally to from more of a sports drama to just a human drama, and I think it really does an excellent, excellent job of sort of depicting how a small town can be torn when an incident like this happens, and you have allegations that are thrown out with with people not having any knowledge. Uh, as to what happened aside from the two people involved in the incident. So you've got people jockeying on each side to try to understand better if they should maybe side with the young woman who's, you know, making these accusations or, you know, how can you make these accusations so close to championship games against the best player? And 
I really like what uh, the coach did in this situation. His daughter was assaulted, and he just took everything and threw it aside because he knew and he wanted to make sure that he was there for his daughter. But there were times where he questioned himself and questioned whether or not what was being said was true. And it really does, you know, come full circle in this five episode arc. It's a terrific, terrific entertainment. Now I will caution, there are subtitles. So for you, those of you who do not want to read subtitles, this is a native, you know, it's a native Swedish show. It's not necessarily dubbed or anything like that. Although it did get a run on on HBO on Monday nights, uh, starting last uh, just a couple months ago in February, but it's a very interesting drama, well acted from a cast that was relatively unknown to me anyway, and uh, I would definitely have to recommend watching Bear Town. Um, again, you know, for those of you who have triggers with sexual assault, you may want to avoid uh, this uh, series. But uh, anybody looking at an interesting hockey drama along with just a human interest drama. Beartown really delivers for me, and for that reason, I am giving Beartown three and a half out of four stars. Um, it is a terrific, terrific drama. Uh, HBO Europe should be very pleased with uh, with what they brought to the table here with this five-episode arc. Now, sticking with HBO, I've gone uh, to HBO Max this time around, um, and this is a, a very completely different show uh, compared to what we saw with Beartown. It is a 12-episode arc of Baketopia. Now, last year I reviewed Craftopia, which was a uh, show, basically a, a, you know, a reality drama show where young kids would go up against each other uh, to try to come up with a great craft. This time around, they, they take it to the baking side and bring in adults. Uh, Rosanna Pansino is to, tasked with hosting this show. I think she does a great job. It's a really fun show where we get to see really interesting, talented artists kind of come together and make these, you know, baked creations, whether it be, um, you know, cakes or cupcakes or truffles, things like that. And it really is just an exciting and fun and energetic show. It's very much done like Craftopia, where they have a big sort of kitchen in the background where you can go and or a shopping area where you can go and find all the supplies that you could ever think of. Um, and one of the things I really don't like is the show definitely tried to capitalize on trends, whether it's, um, you know, the space, you know, space baking where they have uh, sort of the frosting that looks like it's out, out in outer space or a cosmic bake, you know, a cosmic challenge. They really were able to utilize some fun and intricate ways to try to, you know, take advantage of what's going on in society. What maybe you might see if you watch TikTok or, you know, baking shows on YouTube or on Facebook where you're looking at how to maybe, you know, basically develop a new recipe that uh, is kind of trending around the world. And they really did that with this 12 episode arc. It was a lot of fun to watch. It's not necessarily something you're going to need. You would have to sit intently and watch, but just watching some of these artists create animals out of cakes and, you know, carving out the rice cereal treats to, to make it look like a specific animal. Just a really unique and fun show that if you have HBO Max and you're looking for something that, you know, maybe you would see on the Food Network shows and things like that, this is kind of one of those shows where 
Um, and I've always said this too about streaming services. I'd really love to see more streaming services have more cooking competitions because I think they'd really benefit in a lot of ways, uh, you know, trying to bring in new audiences. And I think HBO Max kind of understood that. And that's why you had Craftopia this year. You have Baketopia. Uh, right now, and I'm assuming that we'll have more and more seasons of these two uh, competition shows because they are very fun, and I'd really love to see HBO Max capitalize on uh, cooking as well, like they did with uh, the Selena Gomez, Selena and Chef show in which she was uh, tasked with learning to cook essentially during the pandemic. I think it'd be great for HBO Max to kind of cap it, you know, tap into that market and maybe uh, help them, you know, get a few more subscribers that way if they have those cooking shows, uh, much like you would see maybe on Discovery Plus with their partnership uh, that they have, of course, with the Food Network. So Bigtopia, one of those shows where you don't necessarily have to be fully invested to kind of get what's going on. You can maybe do a few things or, you know, maybe get on the computer and, and look up a few things or check your email, check your text messages, play a, a game on your phone while you watch it because you can always come back to it uh, when something interesting maybe is, uh, is said. But uh, overall, it kept my attention. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I would definitely – really be interested in a second season of Baketopia, much like I would be with Craftopia. And uh, much like with Craftopia, I am giving three stars out of four uh, for Baketopia, the uh, competition reality show on HBO Max. Like, once again, you can stream that on HBO Max and HBO Max alone. It's not on the HBO uh, brand of programming, so you won't be able to see that unless they have a preview weekend or something uh, where they have put some HBO Max shows on HBO, but uh, otherwise, if you do have an HBO Max subscription, it's definitely fun for the whole family. So once again, Bigtopia, three stars out of four. Now, one of the things that I'd really like to do, uh, obviously I have various streaming services that you pay for, but you know, we talked a little bit prior to the you know last week's show about some of the services out there that are free. Now, unfortunately, when you talk about free services, you're often going to have advertisements during movies and shows. And there are some people that I understand just do not want to deal with, and that's fine. But the, the great thing about the free services, and this is our segment, Free Streams, is that there are a lot of really good movies and TV shows that you can find for free, whether it's on IMDb TV or Pluto TV or Roku channel or Tubi TV, there are a lot of various options for people who maybe are penny pinching while still cord cutting from, from uh, whether it be satellite or cable TV, and they still just can't afford to have multiple streaming services, or maybe they can only have one. But I tell you what, Roku channel right now has a one of my all-time favorite as a kid movies that really still holds up in a fun and entertaining way, and that is the action movie Dick Tracy. Now, for a lot of people, you know, you may not really care too much for the Dick Tracy franchise. Um, it was a comic strip, obviously very popular. I grew up on uh, the, the little toys that you could get of Dick Tracy, and I used to I remember being sick one day and playing with the Dick Tracy toys at my grandmother's house, and it was a fun experience. And I sort of fell in love with the world that Dick Tracy um, really kind of created. Now, when you think about that turning into a movie, doesn't always seem like it would be something that could work. You know, some you know Dick Tracy is a really over the top, 
beautifully drawn co comic strip, but it's also a very challenging one because you've got a lot of hair and makeup issues and a lot of facial prosthetics that you have to deal with. But I really think that Warren Beatty, who in, in a lot of ways, I think just encapsulated what Dick Tracy would look like on screen. If you ever, th if you ever thought of Dick Tracy as a screen character, Warren Beatty was the perfect choice. He obviously directed the film as well, uh, but obviously this movie got made primarily because he was the star. He was the guy at the time in 1990, and Warren Beatty just encapsulates this this Dick Tracy role, this detective that's, uh, you know, he wears the bright yellow coat and the bright yellow hat, but he's always on the hunt for, a, you know, for the bad guys. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a comic book superhero movie, but it's grounded in somewhat reality because he's just a police detective. He's not, you know, he doesn't fly through the air. He doesn't have adamantium claws like Wolverine. He's just a normal kind of guy with a great right hand, obviously. Um, but one of the things that Beatty does, I think, really well in this film is he allows for the the, the city to come to life. He allows for this uh, battle between he and big boy Caprice to really be focused in, in sort of a grounded reality while all these actors like Al Pacino, who um, looks almost unrecognizable at times as big boy Caprice, uh, but they do great jobs with the set decoration. They could do uh, terrific jobs with the costuming and all the performances. It's, it's not necessarily an over the top tongue in cheek, wink, wink, but in some ways it is, it's kind of that, you know, that 50s detective almost, if you will, where it's a little bit over the top, the dialogue's kind of fun, and it's a little bit dated, but great direction, art direction for this film, great makeup, great use of makeup, art direction, and hair, and it won, it won those two Oscars for art direction and best makeup, also won for best music original song, uh, from Stephen Sondheim's Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man, uh, but also nominated. This is one of those rare kind of superhero movies that cut through some of the politics of Hollywood. Uh, Al Pacino was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Best Cinematography. Not a surprise there because it was a beautiful film. Costume design also and Best Sound. Uh, but again, this is one of those aesthetically pleasing movies, one of those movies that really, more so than the dialogue or even the action, it's just the look of the film, it's the costuming, it's the prosthetics, it's unrecognizable actors in certain roles. It made you really feel like you were going back into the comic strip and, and you know, hanging out with Dick Tracy and Big Boy Caprice's gang. And, you know, having watched it recently... And like I said, you can stream this right now in Roku channel for free. Um, it's well worth the waiting around for a few commercials here and there uh, because it is uh, just a fantastic little action film. But mostly it's that noir detective over the top fun, you know, good versus evil is essentially what it comes down to in a film like this. And Dick Tracy, for me, scores extremely high, even, you know, after it came out in 1990. Even years later, it still holds up for me as just a fun, over-the-top, beautifully shot, well-drawn film. And for me, that's why Dick Tracy earns a four out of four stars. So once again, you can watch Dick Tracy on the Roku channel. And then also going back, you can see Baketopia on HBO Max along with Beartown. So uh, once again, this is Craig Shop from the Ohioan Podcast, and we will be back with more reviews next week. See you later.